When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. edition of the call up which means we're going to be talking about some fun stuff it is breakout hitting prospects for next season i'm rm layton he's jack mcmullen and we're going to do a lot of breakout related stuff like i I talked about this when i did the episode with christian earlier uh, where we talked about some breakout hitters and breakout pitchers there's so many candidates that i wanted to just kind of do it whenever we have the the urge to talk about breakout prospects. Like when, when we realize the names are piling up, that's time to do an episode. And I feel like the names were piling up, Jack, and we've got eight of them that we think could have monster years this year. I always get texts at like 1130, 1145 at night. And it's like Davison Santos with the Arizona <laughs> Diamondbacks. You got to check him out. I'm like, dude, I'm going to bed. So I might look in the morning if I remember, Uh, but I know that's when you do your best searching of these guys uh, and I can do it when the sun's actually up. So uh, I'm ready to go now. Let's do it. Yeah, um, that that is a little uh, a little behind the scenes tidbit. Most of the information that I regurgitate on this podcast has been mined and dug up in the middle of the night, unless it was an in-person look. Uh, That's when I usually like to, to do this thing. But it's funny because I'll I'll come across you know some really crazy you know stretches where I'm watching you know 20 consecutive at bats of Davis and De Los Santos in July and I'm like holy crap this guy is nasty and yeah. I need to tell somebody about it I know you're probably sleeping but I need to just like get it out there to somebody yeah. I, I, I was it's funny we were going back through old texts of when I did this in the past and I found an old text of. This Ellie De La Cruz guy could be disgusting. Yeah. I sent over to our Reds guy, Clay Snowden. And a similar thing with Andrew Painter of just like, sometimes it's so impactful that I can't keep it in till the morning and I'm going to text it to you. A couple guys on this list kind of hit that that area. Davis and De La Santos in terms of the power is in that area. Junior Caminero with the Rays is another one that like I wouldn't be able to wait till the morning. I'd have to text you about that. Um, and, and so we're going to go through each of those guys. I guess we should start with, with Davison De Los Santos, then, because this is somebody that you mentioned off the top. It's an awesome name. It, it's it's a baseball name. Like, that's a name of a player that's going to rake, right? And the crazy thing is, when we're identifying, and I guess I should 
preface with this before we fully get into Davis and De Los Santos here. We were trying to balance, and that's the hard part with breakout candidates of like what determines a breakout guy because he might have had a good year in low A, high A, uh, but if he has a slightly better year, is that a breakout? Probably not. So we wanted to make it a kind of a combination of either being able to climb multiple levels or being able to really just totally alter the way you are perceived as a prospect. Davison De Los Santos is not a top 100 prospect. I think he could be a top 100 prospect by the middle of the season. And I also think he's going to increase his WRC plus by at least 20 points. I tried to use that as almost a mental exercise. It wasn't an absolute threshold, but if his WRC plus last year was one. 16 117 I could see you know a 20 point bump if it all clicks for him so that's kind of the ballpark that we were operating in yeah 100 and this guy you know just starting with De Los Santos he's he's a massive dude he's listed at 6'1 185 not true Mm-mm. um I bet he's like 6'2 6'3 uh and he's definitely over two bills I bet he's around 220 230 and the way he swings is that of a big dude and, and a healthy big dude. I'm not talking like, oh, if he slimmed down and got a little bit more athletic, he's going to be great. No, it's this guy has taken time to put muscle on his body and it's really paying off. He's a corner infielder, but he's got massive, massive juice, uh, very friendly environments to him. But I mean, 30 doubles, 22 pumps and over 100 and driven in in 120 games across low A to double. So I mean, it, this guy is an impact bat coming for Arizona, and they need some of those younger guys because they're impact bats up there right now. Christian Walker, he's eventually coming off the books. Josh Rojas, he's eventually coming off the books. Um, and Varsho is not on the team anymore. Yeah. No, so the environments, this is like you are environmental expert when it comes to the stadiums here of this, of this podcast. Loe is is what for for arizona visalia northern california how that the ball flies there too dry air yeah yeah so i mean you you look at the the breakdown here 12 home runs in low a nine home runs in high a and one home run in double a the 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 amount of games 78 games in low a 38 games in high a 10 games in double a um the thing is and that's why i love that you always mention the environment that's something that we look at with like a jordan lawler his batted ball data Exavilos aren't as high. He's a guy that definitely benefits from the environment. Davis and De Los Santos, you talked about it, Jack. He hits the ball so freaking hard, and and you can really see the impact with his swing, the bat speed that he generates, how physical he is. Doesn't matter where he's playing. He could be playing in the worst of environments, the Florida State League, and he's going to be able to put out you know monster, monster tape measure home runs. 107 mile per hour 90th percentile exit velocity is among the best in the organization it might be the best i didn't i didn't check it across anybody else but it's got to be up there with i think it's tied with like christian walker for best in the org if i'm not mistaken his big issue is swing decisions he chases a ton 37 percent chase rate roughly 35 37 percent chase rate that's way too high but he's 19 years old uh you talk about the physicality jack what stood out to me with the swing is that it's pretty much just whip Like he is so strong, as you mentioned, and so whippy with the bat. He doesn't need much else. Like there's not a lot of movement. He's very quick to the ball. I think once he develops an approach, he's going to make good swing decisions because he is so short and quick to the ball. Like he has time to see it and more time to make a decision. I don't see him as a guy that's going to make bad swing decisions once he gets more comfortable. But that's the big thing we're looking at here is this is a guy that swings a ton. um, And and I don't blame him because he does – have pretty decent bat to ball ability given how powerful and young he is, but 
I think we saw it get better as the year went on, even a small sample size in double A to strike out 33% of the time in high A and only walk 4% of the time. And then in those 45 plate appearances in double A, cut that strikeout rate by 12% and walk way more. I know it's a small sample, but even in 10 games, you're getting blown up in double A if you didn't have a plan. And I think they told him, hey, Davison, we're going to call you up, but you got to have a plan or you're going to be in trouble. And it seemed like he had a plan up there once he got to double. I know you look at the counting stats, they're not as good, but the fact that he wasn't getting blown up is a good sign. He got a taste of double. He's going to get another chance. I think there's going to be some growing pains, right? You, you've you seen guys go through the levels and kind of yeah. guys with this profile, it's going to be ups and downs. But I think when it's all said and done at the end of of next year or this coming season, it's going to be a really ridiculous offensive season for a 20-year-old in double A. Yeah, I mean, the thing with a guy with this profile is you just have to ride the wave as long as you can. You know what I mean? Like there are going to be some growing pains and you mentioned those. And, you know, there might be a month where he's swinging and missing at everything in sight and and he's just not putting the ball in play and it's really frustrating. But those positive two months that will follow that rough month, Hang on for your dear life. Don't let go because that is the secret stuff for a power bat. Like those are the prolific months that you search for for years if you're an organization. Absolutely. Last note, 115 mile per hour max exit velo as a 19 year old. Like that's some freaky stuff. This guy is going to have some crazy, crazy pop. Excited to see how he does this year. It's definitely a volatile pick. I mean, a lot of these guys are volatile breakout candidates. We're not promising they're going to break out. No. These are guys that could literally go nuclear, though, that are not on most top 100 lists, which leads me into another guy that I think is less volatile and more likely to go nuclear. It's Junior Caminero of the Rays. And Junior Caminero, man, I think there's a very good chance that I stick him on our top 100 list uh, once this time comes around. I'm doing the Rays top prospect list right now i think people will be pretty pretty surprised at how high we have him i qualified junior caminero as a breakout guy because he barely played above the complex last year yeah he did play really well when he was above the complex 26 games he had a 137 wrc plus but i felt like he could still fit the bill of breakout because Not a lot of people really know who he is. Not a lot of people are really paying attention to him. This guy's a third baseman that, again, I wanted to see the difference because at first I thought, okay, maybe he's like De Santos where the defense isn't totally there. It's a lot on the power. We'll see what happens. Not quite. I actually think the hit tool has a a good chance to be at least average. And the defense at third is good. Like this guy's a great arm. His actions are pretty good. He's a good athlete. And this is another 19-year-old. He's actually a month younger. Then Davis and De Los Santos. He's a better prospect overall. Uh, and I think he has just as much upside. This guy in 26 games in, in low A last year, six homers. He struck out 19% of the time and slash 299, 365, um, Dominated the complex. He's a very advanced hitter for how talented he is. And uh, I'm expecting this guy to go off this year. This is probably my favorite pick of all the names we're going to list here. And these are all names I love. This is a guy that I feel the most confident about. If he had cards on eBay, I would be buying his cards. He doesn't yet because he wasn't a high, high, high profile guy, but I would be scooping up his cards in bunches if he did have cards on eBay. 
Yeah, I mean, he's been consistent across each level, and I know that they are the three lowest levels of minor league baseball, but consistency is consistency, whether yep. you're doing it from the DSL to low A or high A to triple A. And this guy in the DSL had a 16% K rate. This guy in that complex had a 14% K rate. And then in low A, he had a 19% K rate. So you know that he's going to put the ball in play all the time. Right now, he's showing that he's got a lot of pop. 36 games, five homers of the complex – and then he goes to low A for 26 games, and he has six homers in that stretch. So he's got some power. He doesn't sacrifice swing and miss for that power. That was and he's really me. young. If yeah. you're 11 homers in 60 games as a 19-year-old, I feel great about your power prospects. 100%. And, and the craziest part, dude, is you mentioned the bat to ball. Like That's what really floored me. Again, I was expecting more of the De Los Santos situation. 113 mile per hour max exit velo last year is is pretty ridiculous for a 19 year old. He he's again obviously a little bit of an aggressive hitter. All of these young hitters are, but 85 percent zone contact, Jack. With how hard this dude hits the ball, I mean, we're talking somebody that's already hitting 110 mile per hour home runs, you know, and probably has more in the tank if he's already flashing 113s, and also putting up 85 percent zone contact. Like for for reference. Davison De Los Santos was 75%. So the full 10% in zone contact better on fastballs. Caminero is 90% zone contact. Like this is an extremely, extremely, extremely talented hitter. And another guy that like, maybe not the tallest, but he's very physical and it's just whip and bat speed. And it's really fun watching these kind of hitters go where it's just like, you you don't see much movement. You don't see much effort. He does have a bit of a leg kick, but it doesn't seem like much effort, and all of a sudden, that bat is just explosive through the zone, but the barrel also lives there long enough. It's it's an amazing balance that these guys already have, natural, natural ability to hit, and then Caminero can defend, too, which was really surprising to me. His arm is strong. He moves well. He crushed breaking balls last year, too, overall. Uh, I'm interested to see how he continues to do that against better quality breaking stuff, but, I mean, he crushed everything he saw. Have you kept tabs on what he's been doing in Australia? Yes, dude. Please. I don't have it in front of me, though. Please, please enlighten me on his Australian stats because they're stupid. He's raking for the Perth Heat in the Australian Winter League right now. Um, not often do you see um, a Dominican guy go to the Australian Winter League, especially when you're a prospect. But here we go. This guy's playing uh, for Perth in the Australian Winter League. 39 games. He's slashing 303 368, 613. That's a 981 OPS. 39 games. He's got 14 homers, 37 driven in. He's six for seven in stolen bases. He's punched out 31 times at 171 plate appearances. He's walked 15 times. So he's doing exactly what he was doing in yeah. terms of swing and miss, but he upped the juice, man. Yeah. Maybe the ball flies down under. I have no idea. I, I was going to say, so I don't know. And also, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know much about the Australian league. I do know anecdotally that there's a lot of players above his level of experience uh, so that are is, there. He is, he's seven and a half years younger than the average player there. So would you say that it is more challenging than Loe? Like guessing. I, I um, I don't know because I think a lot of the guys that are older are like bad at baseball. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's definitely not going to be worse than low A by much. I feel like it's it's got to be somewhere. I bet it's low A equivalent. 
So even if it's somewhere near it, let's say like he just continued to do it. Right. So low A was a small sample. I'd extend the low A sample into this. Right. I mean, like if this kid was was flawed, I do think that even this Australian league is enough for to to poke some holes here and there. Um, And we'd have to look at some other uh, other players and how they're performing there. But I do know some of, of plenty of other prospects that are out there that are more experienced than him. So. It just kind of accentuates what we're talking about here, why we think this guy's going to have a big year next season. And I'm interested to see where they start him, if it's low A again, or if this performance in the Australian League in a strong spring could put him you know, in high A to start the season, which will be a good challenge for him. He'll still be 19 when the season starts. Just to let you know, same exact number of games. Junior Caminero has a 981 OPS. 35-year-old Josh Reddick has a 762 OPS. <laughs> So he is outperforming Josh Reddick in this league. I don't know if that's good. Like, I don't know if you'd rather outperform Josh Reddick or like a decent double A prospect at this point. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, other names that I recognize on here, Ulrich Boyarski has a 1031 OPS here, 23-year-old. Boyarski is in the uh, Tigers system, if I'm not mistaken. And then Will Simonite. Uh, oh, Simonite actually rakes. <laughs> Simonite, yeah, like kind of good here. Um he triple a with vegas right now he's got a 723 ops in 16 games that's about what he had in triple a with vegas so i mean that, that's that's pretty interesting but um very cool i i, I want to learn more about that league so it's very 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 cool that junior caminero went out there too because like you said most of those most of the latin prospects tend to stay in, in in the leagues around around here right that's a long ways away to, to to go play um and and we usually see most of these prospects play in in the venezuelan or or the litem or whatever it may be yeah one more race prospects because of course we got to talk about two of them in this and it wasn't planned but you know as i'm doing this race system dive two names just really continue to excite me and this is another player that had a pretty good year last year but definitely can still fit the bill of a breakout because he technically had a below average offensive season by wrc plus willie vasquez infield prospect for the rays this is another another dude that fits a similar bill. He's older though. He's he's washed at 21 years old. Oh. Uh, but but Vasquez put together a good year last year in, in low A, full season, 113 games, uh, slash 256, 313, 410, 10 homers, 25 stolen bases. Really good athlete. But w- what impressed me is how much untapped power there is here with Vasquez as well. And that's going to be the trend of this entire episode, pretty much. It is the the untapped pop that a lot of these players have. And Vasquez is a dude that we've seen hit the ball damn hard. And and this is, it's crazy how the Rays just find these guys. And he's one that's even simpler than everybody else in terms of the swing. Like he, he, he looks taller than what he's listed at. I have him listed at six, two, two Oh one. I think he's more like six, three, six, four long levers, which may make him seem a little bit taller than he is. Uh, But the way he's able to keep those, long levers into a shorter swing. It reminds me a bit of Brennan Davis, which it just generates easy leverage. When you have those long levers, but stay short to the ball, you are able to backspin baseballs and create so much more uh, violence in the zone. And and that's exactly what Vasquez does. Another dude that puts up ridiculous exit velocities, man, 90th percentile above 106 is well over elite. And yeah. again, he's got way more room to fill out. He's lanky. Like there's more muscle in there. 83% zone contact for a long lanky dude with his power. Like another really impressive hitter. WRC plus was deflated because he didn't walk 30, 
435% chase rate, that's too high. But again, he's a young hitter that's going to get better in that regard. If he walks a bit more, he has to lift a little bit more in terms of not like lift, like lift weights, which could yeah. also help, but lift the ball in the air. 49% ground ball rate, too high for a guy that hits the ball as hard as he does. But yeah. approach and get the ball in the air a bit more. I think we're looking at 20 to 25 home runs this year easily. We could. We could absolutely. And he also followed his buddy Junior out to Perth. Um, so he was playing in the Australian Winter League. And 10-game cameo, he had a 995 OPS. So that tells you that, you know, they may be seeing, like, actually lower-level pitching. Like, I'm almost thinking in low A, you've got guys that are low to mid-90s but can't throw strikes if they tried. I'm thinking these guys are command, but they're like mid eighties to high eighties. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get a couple guys here and there that are probably in the low nineties and yeah, right. Probably fair. But the thing that jumps out in Charleston at the low a level this year, he spent almost an equal amount of time at second, third and short. So there's obvious defensive versatility here. Like that screams backup infielder, right? That seems bench guy, almost utility guy. Um, and with how athletic he is, yes, you want him to put more muscle on to, to hit the ball harder. He was 25 for 28 in the stolen base department. Now, take it for a grain of salt in low A because I think everybody knows if a pitcher's ahead 0-1, you're getting a breaking ball in low A, so you just yeah. run on every 0-1 count ever. Um, but 25 for 28 is 25 for 28. It's yeah. hard to argue with that efficiency. A hundred percent. And that's, that's the number one thing I'm looking at, you know, because again, it's, it's a lot easier to run there uh, as you mentioned, but if, if the efficiency is there, then, then that's something that's probably going to translate to some degree to, to the next levels and 115 mile per hour max exit velocity last year. And it was an, a, a ball to right center. He's a right-handed hitter. So I, a guy that's putting up a 115 to right center, like, yeah. again, that shows you the, the way he's able to really leverage his, his longer levers and use that to generate ridiculous, ridiculous violence with his swing. Uh, another dude that's got, I think, close to, to plus plus raw power in the tank. If he can turn it into game power, that's going to be the thing to follow. And if he can add a little bit more strength, I got to do more of a defense dive. Um, but you mentioned being able to play everywhere. So even if he's not able to, to stick up the middle, if he could, if you're not going to be great, you know, defensively, be okay at, at multiple spots, right? And and I think that's what Vasquez could at least be. I'll, I'm not going to speak out of turn on that. I, I need to do a little bit more digging on the defense, but uh, I, I think he can be just fine if they have him moving all over already. And he seems to have the athleticism to be able to to get by somewhere as he continues to climb. But this is a guy that I think could put together, you know, 25 homers, and if he can improve that approach, continue to to climb up the system. And that's why when we talk about the race system. We'll talk about the the defense on these guys more too, because there's two uh, spoiler alert top ten prospects here that we're going to have in the race system for next week. That that race system, man, is one that I think can go from you know it's never bad, it's never ever ever bad, it's never That's ever okay. But it was it was like pretty good this past year. I think it can take the leap to back to elite with some of these guys uh, heading in the right direction. And an honorable mention is, is Mason Hour, who I thought was too good last year to to cite as a breakout guy, but another guy that can climb up and really bolster his prospect stock as he continues to, you know, prove that he can do what he's doing uh, at, at higher levels beyond high A. One quick thing on um, the Rays system that I think Taylor Davis did a great job hitting on. By the way, go listen to our new podcast, Show and Go with Taylor Davis. It's just baseball's player-centric podcast hosted by a player 
uh, every week we're interviewing a player. We had Dylan Cease last week. We've got a new Diamondbacks reliever, Austin Bryce, sidearm of the right-hander this oh, year. It's funny as hell. Yeah, like he's triple-A uh, teammates with Taylor this past year, and the dude is just far out. So it's a pretty funny conversation. But, you know, they got to a good conversation about the importance of winning in minor league baseball because at the major league level, winning is absolutely everything. At the minor league level, advancing levels and getting to major league baseball to help the team win is absolutely everything. And how can you do that? Obviously we have focused on Rapsodo readings. We focused on, you know, 90th percentile exit velo. We focused on max exit velo uh, and we focused on launch angle, but winning is like the unspoken thing that's important in minor league baseball, because if you learn how to win in the minor leagues, then you know how to win when you get to major league baseball, Tampa year in and year out, their teams almost always make these playoffs at each level. They they usually win it in every, every level. (laughs) They usually win it in every level. And that shows you why this team, no matter how untalented it is on paper, they're always a postseason team at the major league level because they've got guys that learn how to win. So if these guys, yes, continue to physically mature, but if they learn how to win, that's why this team becomes a factory. A hundred percent. And I, and I think it, it instills, the important parts of playing the game that you see kind of not making their way to the big league level, which is like base running and um, situational hitting and and all of these different things that separate some teams at at the biggest points. And that's something that we hear a lot of the veterans talk about, but I think it's It's not sexy. It's really freaking boring. And I don't blame these guys because you're trying to, you're trying to survive. You're trying to get to the big leagues. I don't give a shit about winning, you know, a minor league title when I'm trying to get to the big leagues. But at the same time, you have to understand that it kind of goes hand in hand, right? If I focus on winning, my results will be better and I'll be a more well-rounded player once I get up to the top. But it's hard to, it's hard to convince people. I don't even know if I would be sold on that if I'm playing in the minor leagues. I, at the end of the day, you know that it's about your data and it's about what they're looking at in what you show on the field at the end of the day. So it, it's hard to buy in, but there's it's hard to deny the results at the same time. So I'm 100% with you on 100%. that one. Definitely go check out the podcast too, by the way. That Dylan Cease interview was awesome. I still have 20 minutes left, but I really, or 15 minutes left, but I really enjoyed it already so far. Show and go with Taylor Davis. One last plug. Your favorite guy on this list, your your non-negotiable, Lawrence Butler. First base slash outfield for the Oakland A's. I think he's more than athletic enough to not only play the outfield, he can probably play center. He's your classic first base center fielder, a la Cody Bellinger. Um, but you know, probably not as elite defensively as Bellinger, but fast enough to, to get by in center. I think he's more of a corner guy when it's all said and done, especially if they're playing at the Coliseum by the time he gets up, I don't know if they'll still be doing that 22 years old. I really liked what I saw from him in the uh, Arizona fall league. He was, he was a really impressive hitter to watch because this is a guy that is raw as all of these guys are. Otherwise they would have already broken out. He's raw, but you can see it coming together for him. And I felt like he was the perfect guy to send to the Arizona Fall League. Like he's the perfect example of why we have the Arizona Fall League. Strong season, struck out too much in high A, 81 games, 31.5% K rate, but showed a lot of really exciting things. And you want to continue to work on the the swing moves and getting that lower half down and, and shortening things up to the ball. And I thought he got better with that every time I saw him. And, and that was something you could see a concerted effort in BP, concerted effort in games. And this is why Lawrence Butler, I think, is is on, on a track to it's not as much of the 
explosion breakout. It's like a, it's almost a slow burn that I think is going to just turn into the like, boom, there he is. And I think we're going to see that at some point, like mid season next year where it'll all click for him. But I'm expecting this guy to, to put up some good numbers, really sweet left-handed swing. Yeah. I, I think he's a freak athlete. I, I think that with that suite of his swing and that freaky an athlete, you almost can't go wrong with this guy. And, you know, we were just talking about on the just baseball show, um, the A's and how crappy of a situation they're in. And I posed the question to you, like, where would you rank the A's organizationally right now in terms of farm system? I'd say they're in like the 15 to 20 range. Yeah. Maybe if Lawrence Butler's in there or not in there, like they drop a little bit. Mm-hmm. Lawrence Butler is one of the prize pieces of the Oakland A's organization right now. And it's because people know what you can dream on with the athleticism and with what that left-handed swing looks like right now. You mentioned the defensive ability to possibly play center field. I almost look at him as the athlete that Bellinger is with a bit tighter of a swing. You know what I mean? Like Bellinger, obviously we're talking about an MVP in Cody Bellinger. We're also talking about a guy that hit like a buck 50 in 2021, but This guy obviously has a a crazy loopy swing. Butler's swing is a lot more mechanically sound, but he's as good of an athlete. He may not right now cover as much ground in center field, but this guy is strong. He's long. He's tall. He's got everything you want in one of these 21-year-old power prospects. 100%. And what I love is is how much – this is a good tall guy, six, four, like you said, and the way that he has really been able to improve, because that's the number one thing with these long legged hitters trying to stay in your legs when you have those long, long legs and trying to balance when you're a taller guy. Think about like an NBA center, right? Those or the super tall kid when you were in middle school, they're going to be a little bit more awkward. None of these guys are awkward that are big league hit or professional hitters, but they need to be precise with their moves and that's so hard to do and i could see the way butler adjusted his setup he went more upright but then sinks into the back leg and that's like the cue he needed and i think he found it because i'm watching bp he continued to repeat the move and that's why i love going out to the fall like the access is unparalleled but then you watch in the game and you could see it translating sure there were some swings where it's like oh he lost it he fouled it off and you could see it starting to click for him a few more you know i think a few more maybe 100, 150 more plate appearances. Maybe he got that in the Arizona Fall League. I could see it really clicking for him, and maybe maybe he's already ready to go. Did you catch the two-strike change that he makes now? I think it's a recent development. He starts preloaded with two strikes, which is really which, cool. Which is huge. I love that. It's hard to do. It's hard to do because you see the ball so early. Alec Burleson talked about it on the pod. Like It makes him almost want to swing at everything. But yeah. that's big. If you're a guy, because he did have a little bit of whiff, obviously, uh, because he's a big dude. If you can you start don't have pre- to say a little bit, he had whiff. Yeah. If you could start pre-stacked and, and make it as simple as possible, how much easier is it to stay in your backside if you already start there instead of, okay, I got to get there and stay there. I'm here already. I'm just going to launch from there. Butler is strong enough to be able to do that. And that's a good catch. I love, I love it when guys that strike out are able to, to do that, to offset some of the Ks. Let's see if it translates into a full season next year where he'll presumably be in double A. It's a big test. Best thing to happen um, to the ego in that department is Bryce Harper, right? If Harper is starting pre-stacked with two strikes, yeah, anybody can. Who, start who the hell are you to? Who the hell are you to think you don't have to do that, right? Yeah. Um, and, and again, not everybody can do it, but really athletic hitters can. Harper is the gold standard. Lawrence Butler is a very athletic hitter. Yes, another tall and athletic hitter who. I could not stand his swing when he first came up and it still needs some work, but it's, he's made enough improvements where 
I'm looking at this guy as a potential breakout candidate for next year. Benny Montgomery, outfielder, Colorado Rockies, number eight pick in the 2021 draft. Pure projection, right? He's 6'4", 200 pounds. He might be taller now. Crazy athlete in terms of plus-plus speed. He glides across the outfield. He absolutely flies. Uh, And the power is nuts already, even though he's got way more room to add, you know, some more juice and some more physicality there. He's already put up some really impressive exit velocities. It's about continuing to to do it more frequently and, and being able to tap into the power more consistently, but already put up a 113 mile per hour max exit velocity as a 19 year old last year, cut down on the whiff more and more as the year went on. Another dude that, that his, his, he's way too aggressive. He used to have a really dramatic hitch in his swing that would throw him off. And I think force him to have to make swing decisions earlier. He has calmed the hitch down a lot. I think that breaking balls are, are an issue right now still because he still has a little bit of the hitch. Um, this is probably my least confident breakout guy, but I had to put him in here because if it clicks for Benny Montgomery, it's like 30-30 potential with the speed and the power. Uh, he showed a lot of good things. He crushed fastballs, but he's going to really need to eliminate that hitch because it's causing him to have to try to cheat for the fastball. And then if that's happening, you're expanding the zone for breaking balls and, and trying to make swing decisions earlier. If you make swing decisions earlier, you're going to make the wrong decision more frequently. And that's exactly what we saw with sliders that gave him trouble last year, but still put together a really solid season, started to cut down on the ground ball rate. And the power is ridiculous when, when he's able to get into it. He's got the Zach Veen ceiling, right? Like yeah, he's, he's really five tool. They're, they're kind of the same guy that they picked what Veen was 2020 uh, eighth overall, and then Montgomery was 2021 eighth overall. Was Veen might have been ninth? Hassel might have been eighth. Veen might have been ninth. But they were both top ten picks. They're both high school outfielders. They're almost carbon copies um, with a major swing difference. And the major swing difference is that little hitch pre-swing for Benny Montgomery. But like you're saying, it got a bit more palatable at the end of the year. At the beginning of the year, it was like, oh my god, what am I watching? At the end of the year, it was, yeah, I see it, but it's not as egregious as before. And you could say, guys, get your head out of your ass. He was a 310, 400, 500 slash guy this past year. Yeah, but he can be so much better than that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it was six home runs in 56 games. I'm telling you, this guy could hit 25 home runs, especially in the environments that they play in. Maybe maybe even more than that if he hits his potential. When you have a load and then another load. In terms it's of incredible. Like, it's he loads hands, his hands. Drop up, go. <laughs> yeah, it's like down, up, down, go. You can't repeat that timing-wise. It's going to throw you out of whack. Like If you watch all the best hitters, it's trying to get, once you start your load, make it as smooth and simple as possible. He has multiple loads within his load. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work that way. I'm picking him as a breakout guy because he got better as the year went on. And also, there's no way that there's not people in his ear saying you got to find a way to right. eliminate that thing. If he comes out and and has that same load like without any change, then I'll I'll just wear this one. But I'm betting on the idea that a smart player, super talented, first round pick with this kind of upside that he's going to iron that out and everything else you can't teach. And the fact that he hit with that hitch cuz he still had it, the fact that he hit 313 with that hitch is remarkable. Because I don't think there's many guys in minor league baseball that can hit. If you told me you have to swing with this timing mechanism, most guys wouldn't even hit a buck 50. Dude, it's like covering one eye. I mean, it's (laughs) like it's that drastic. In this game, with how these guys are throwing even in low A, absolutely. So 
not as confident about him because of that risk, but the ceiling is, is ridiculous. And if he can just quiet that down a little bit, he's going to be a problem. So excited to see how he does next year. And also a guy that his cards on eBay, man, are pretty interesting because he'll sign them like Borat on some of them. And those go for like more versus some that he'll actually sign his name. Some he'll put like Benny in the jets. Like he messes around with the autographs on eBay. So he's a popular guy um, in the card hobby. If you go look at his cards, they're like all over price wise on eBay because of his different signatures. So if he pans out, that's a guy whose card I think will skyrocket because he's involved in the hobby and has some like unique signatures and things like that. Plus, he's so dynamic and exciting that, you know, I could see him being somebody that ends up being one of the more chased, you know, cards in the hobby. And right now I'm looking at his Bowman Chrome auto first, you can get it for $47 and it's risky. Like you have to be prepared to lose that 47, but that $47, that could be a $150 card by the end of the year. Um, So that's one of my favorite uh, high risk investments. I usually say low risk. It's one of my favorite high risk investments on eBay. Given the price, it's worth picking one up. I, w- I wouldn't, I'd say I wouldn't go crazy there, but it's definitely worth picking one up and seeing what happens. hundred percent. All right. We got three guys, seven minutes. Can we do yeah, it? I think we can do it. I might have to go a couple minutes over. might have to go 10 minutes, but Jefferson Caro, we don't have to spend as much time on this guy because we've talked about him a lot. Brewers catching prospect. You've seen a good amount because I've been annoying you about Jefferson Carroll for a little bit now. Another guy that I saw at the Arizona Fall League and was just really impressed by. I know he didn't hit that well there, but if you talk to anybody about Carroll at the Fall League, they all will say great things about him defensively. But I think the bat's going to come along this year. Another guy, dude, 36% chase rate. Just swing less. Just swing less. 83% zone contact. The bat to ball skills are good. The exit velos are solid. I just really like this guy's swing for how young he is. Uh, he was 19 years old when I saw him just turn 20. Another dude, not as big. He's probably the smallest guy on this list. Has a bit of a leg kick, but repeats it really, really well. And it's just a very, very aesthetically pleasing swing. Yes. Um, and he is a shorter, stocky guy. And I think it makes that aesthetically pleasing swing all the more aesthetically pleasing because you see these massive quads and hammies gearing up to take a big rip at a ball. And, and I don't know, like there's something about those stocky catchers that just screams balance. Like he's obviously got great core strength. And no matter how big of a swing he takes, He's not going to get thrown that off balance. So, yeah, it might just be a matter of chasing, but this guy is like well-rounded across the board. 22 doubles, 10 pumps, 10 stolen bases, not much swing and miss. Hit 290 this year across low and high A. So, yeah, I think this guy can be a massive breakout. And if he does tap into all the more power, he could be a 20 homer guy and not swing and miss anymore. Um, Last thing on Caro, he's one of nine guys in the baseball reference register with the name Jefferson with one F. So I thought that was pretty interesting. That's more than I would have thought. That's honestly. more than I would have thought. Davison is the only guy named Davison in the in the baseball reference. That's a, sick, that's a sick name too. I can't. Sick I think name. it's such a cool name. Uh, last thing on Caro, it's kind of I, it's something I got to dive into. You talk about these athletic, this next breed of catchers that we're seeing, Gabriel Moreno types that are athletic and, and hit so well because their lower half is already – pretty much sorted out, right? It's strong and they're really good and they've got a good feel for their whole body as catchers. So these guys that have a good feel for the stick, 
they've already got the body ironed out. So it's really about getting the swing down. In the past, I feel like a lot of these catchers were so focused on catching that their their swing path was ugly and, and it was more of those kinds of things. But these guys that have the good path and have good hands, the body's already taken care of. It's strong and they control it well. And, and Caro is another one of those examples. I think he's going to be a top 100 prospect by midseason. I really do believe that. And um, the Brewers have a good one here in Caro, who I think is going to climb up their system pretty quickly too with the defensive ability that he has. We got two more. We got Isaac Pacheco and we've got Miguel Blyce. We'll start with Pacheco. We'll finish with Blyce. Isaac Pacheco, this is a swing that it's got to be one of the most underrated swings uh, in baseball. It is so, so smooth from the left side. 6'4", 225 pounds. He was a second-round pick, 39th overall, by the Detroit Tigers back in 2021. He was 19 last year and already reached high A. That shows you how, how good they feel about his swing and how advanced he is. He struggled in 18 high A games, don't really care. Uh, he was good in low A in a really, really difficult place to hit in Lakeland there. Hit eight home runs, stole 12 bags, hit 267, 342, 415, 116 WRC plus. So he really didn't scrape the surface of, of, of what we think he can be. And he didn't strike out that much. After striking out a ton in the complex in 2021, didn't strike out much between low A and high A. And I think that's because he really solidified his moves at the plate. It's a simple load. It's a really nice swing. And I think he he repeats it really well. I'm excited about Pacheco, especially with his size and advanced swing. This guy could go nuclear this year. Just turned 20 in mid-November. He is the most physically advanced 20-year-old you will find in minor league baseball. I mean, he is physically intimidating. 6'4", 225. He fills out 6'4", 225. Like, listen, you want to talk about guys that look great in baseball pants? This guy looks great in baseball pants. There you go. Now, those are the things we're looking at here. Yes. Um, third baseman, ultimately, and I think he's going to be a good third baseman. That I, I, The swing is so nice. I'm going to tweet out a video soon, but the way he starts his hands, he's almost already slotted. All he has to do is just a quick little move backwards. And he knows that he's got all the strength in the world, as Jack alluded to, uh, to, to be able to, to generate the power. He doesn't need to do too much to, to get into his power. And it, I love it when a guy leverages his strength this young and he's already doing that. Um, it's a really sweet left-handed swing and it's it, it's foul pole to foul pole, right? He goes the other way with ease and he's yeah. already lifting the ball, which is great. Only a 40% ground ball rate last year. So there's a guy that, again, his swing allows him to to lift consistently, 83% zone contact. I like everything that I'm seeing from him. Last guy, and probably one of the more, I would say, higher profile prospects in, the, in this group is we're starting to see him make his way into top 100 lists, is Miguel Blyce. Miguel Blyce of the Boston Red Sox, 6'3". I don't know what his exact weight is. He's listed at 170. He is probably actually fairly accurate because he's only 18 years old. Um center fielder who might move to a corner, um, but looks are a little bit more limited because we haven't seen him, you know, in full season ball yet. But even yeah. from what we've seen in, in short spurts, this guy can really swing the bat and he's pretty advanced. Yeah, I don't know much about him. I just know that Red Sox fans love him and he's like the the guy that they're going to clutch on to. Um, and he hasn't left the complex. So I'm excited to see him get his first look away from the complex, right? Salem, um, you know, maybe he does get up to high A. We'll see. Um, but obviously what he's done at the complex is impressive. Like I, this is this is a wild card, and I'm just kind of believing you that he's going to break out. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that one, especially with the complex guys. There's definitely some swing and miss concern. I could see him maybe struggling to to get acclimated to low A. So again, this is another guy that we don't have any sample size in low A. But I think with the way he crushes fastballs, he's going to struggle with breaking balls from, from what I see with his swing. A little bit of a, a front side leave. He bails out a little bit. That's something that whole his hands will allow him to still be able to, to make impact, even if he's pulling off it a little bit and, and drive the ball. And he does a good job of hitting it in the air. But I think there's a little bit of that struggle to keep the front side on on the breaking balls that we'll have to monitor. Um, but even with that, in low A, with the way that he punishes fastballs already and with the power that he has and his athleticism, he's going to be able to crush mistakes, crush fastballs, and put up a pretty strong, uh, I think, slash line in low A. Again, we'll see how he's able to hit the breaking balls. But this dude was already hitting 109-mile-per-hour exit velos as a 17-, 18-year-old last year. Stupid yes. power, more room, room to fill out, super athletic hitter. I think this guy's extremely, extremely talented, but again, probably the most raw of this entire group. Makes sense, man. So that'll do it. We 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 did great this time. We did great this time in terms of, of how much time we spent on each name. Um, these are all guys that I'll be writing up. So if you want to read more about these guys, so we'll have an article next week at some time on more breakout hitters, and I'll have some more videos so that you can follow along with us. I'll show you a little yeah. bit of what I'm looking at here, but prospects that i'm all really excited about we're both really pumped about uh ray's top 10 coming out next week we'll be breaking that system down next week and again go check out uh show and go with taylor davis and jack mcmullen that is an awesome podcast anything else from you jack before we call it a weekend i don't think so um excited to see which prospects do crack rosters in the world baseball classic so that's going to be a conversation that we're surely going to have on the call up Hundred percent. We will definitely be doing that soon. I know Harry Ford with Great Britain is one of my favorites. Just Harry, just love that happening over there. So that'll do it. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you about race prospects next week. Bye.